Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. When I had come down this hill, I had seen this creature cross the road. It would have ripped my locked door from my truck extracted me from my vehicle, and there wasn't a damn thing I could have done about it. This thing, I got to notice in its eyes. Its eyes was real, real evil, real sinister looking. You know, look it was giving me. Sasquatch Chronicles, a place where people share their encounters. Let's start the show. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for being here tonight. Got a great show planned for you this evening. Uh, first thing I want to do is thank Mark Zasky for coming out last week. Him and I did some filming, uh, went up Cape Canyon, uh, went back to Yakult Mountain, spent the night up at Yakult Mountain. And all of that is actually up on the website, SasquatchChronicles.com. It's under the subscriber section. Shot three different videos, uh, posted them. I really hope you guys enjoyed watching them. I want to thank Cheryl, too, for coming on last week. Uh, she talked about her aunt's property and different things that were going on. I'm working on some future shows. I've been uh, trying to catch up with my email, follow up with all the people that sent me encounters, and uh, talk with them. And there's one in particular. There's a lady out there, uh, and I won't say the area where they're, where they're at, but she's having kind of a Siege of Hanabi-type experience out there. And for all of you listeners who have been listening for a long time, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, she's talking about the creatures coming up to the house, banging on the house, uh, turning doorknobs in the middle of the night. Uh, they go out on the porch. There's one instance she was telling me about. Her and a friend of hers were on this back porch. The, the creatures were screaming. They were vocalizing, shaking trees, throwing rocks at her. And she had had a shotgun in her hand. She stood up and pointed the shotgun in that general direction, and everything went silent. Uh, she said, I think these things know what a gun is. And so I'm working on getting her on the show. It's a very fascinating encounter. And she actually has a lot of great information to share. You know, she says, well, I'm not a researcher. I just want these things to go away. And those are the people I love talking to. If you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, shoot me an email. Wes at SasquatchChronicles.com. And again, if you get a chance, check out the website. SasquatchChronicles.com. Well, I want to welcome uh, Jason to the show. Jason, thanks for coming on. I, I really do appreciate you being here tonight. Hey, no worries. What part of the country did your encounter happen in? Um, I live in uh, Indiana, but I'm close to where Indiana, Illinois, and Kentucky all kind of mesh together there at the Ohio Wabash River. 
um, I, I, I could give you, do you want me to give specifics on where I it was at? Cause it's kind of, you know, you don't have to give specifics. Uh, tell me what, what were you, what were you out doing? Who were you with? What were you guys out doing? And then just walk sure. the audience right into the encounter. Tell us what you sure. saw. Tell us what you experienced. Um, what I do, I, uh, I'm a programmer professionally and I do some work for a lot of local companies, uh, used car lots, um, new car lots, just, and I get to meet a lot of people when I do that. Well, I was talking with a, a guy who is an avid, um, uh, he looks for Indian artifacts and that's big around here. People will go, uh, looking for Indian arrowheads and, and so on and so forth. Well, he had, um, invited me to go with him. And one of the things that he, uh, mentioned to me, he was like, I, I've got something I want to show you that's pretty cool when we get out to this one spot. So I agreed and we went, it was a three day weekend and he had already been out there the first, uh, on that Friday. And, uh, so I went out with him Saturday and come to find out what he was wanting to, uh, to show me. He had found some footprints that he thought were weird. Um, and to kind of take you in where, where we, where we were at is, uh, we got permission from the farmer. We were close to some of the bottoms in Kentucky. Um, uh, right on the Ohio River, and uh, the we went. The farmer let us in to his ground. He had a uh, simple padlock fence, and back to where he wanted to take me was probably about a good two and a half, three mile hike. And you got to figure there's not a house where we were at. There's a house, but maybe every five, six miles. And we were, I mean, we were deep, deep in the woods, getting close to the river bottoms. Like I said, but we got back to um, one of his back fields that bordered right on some bottom land and the field was triangular shaped. So we, uh, you just got a picture. We entered the field, um, towards one of the points of the triangle and there was a row of uh, trees in a fence on the left and the right. And then on the third side, um, uh, bordered the river and the river bottoms. And we took off and walking um, along the tree line on the right, which I would say was would face uh, about uh, east, going from east to approximately west by southwest. And um, he took me back and showed me these footprints. And they looked human. They weren't super large. I mean, they were, that was about the size. I'm a, I'm a size 12, and they were slightly bigger than mine if I were to take my shoes off. What caught me as strange was that anybody would be back there barefoot. I can see that, but they were leading deeper into the bottoms and that's what caught me off. So it was getting late and we were going to come back the next day. Um, so we left for the evening and when we went back the following day, we got a late start. I would say it was probably around two, two thirty in the afternoon and we were walking slow uh, bear with me one second here. We were walking slow along the, uh, the tree line and, uh, to where we had found the footprints and we were taking a slow looking at the ground and he brought something to my attention across the field uh, was what looked to be a dog, um, a pretty large dog. It was, um, maybe a dark, dark Brown to light Brown, not quite it would, it would be the same color. If you were to have a golden retriever, it'd be slightly darker than that. And it was, um, hunkered down and I couldn't, I couldn't get any, I couldn't tell anything, anything specific about it. And this was a good 500 yards away from us on the opposite, uh, tree row that where we were at. And, um, we kept looking, we kept, you know, we we're looking at the ground the whole time and I kept noticing that it was moving and then it stood up. And it clearly wasn't a dog. The, the best way I can describe it would be, uh, it looked like a chimpanzee wearing a wig, but the body did not match that of a chimp. It looked like, I would say, probably about maybe six foot, not more than six and a half feet tall. Um, I would say hair covered the body about the length of what, you know, short hair on your head would be, but the hair on the head of this animal um, looked like it was wearing a wig. It had long hair on the top of its head, but not so much anywhere else. And that's when my buddy started getting spooked. He goes, what is that? 
And I said, I don't know. So we had gathered up all of our stuff, and we were going to hightail it out of there. Well, the animal then, it stood up and started wandering back into the tree line. And I was like, wow, okay. I was glad. So we started walking back. We didn't run. We were walking fairly quickly. And I, I felt better because I thought it was gone. Looked back a second time, and it had wandered back out into the field. And this is when it started flailing its arms. This thing looked just absolutely aggravated. It looked mad. Um, and one thing I noticed that it was constantly looking at the ground. And what I figured out was that it was looking for something to throw because it was actually, it's a springtime, so nothing had been planted yet. So it was picking up dirt clods and lumps of dirt from the field and chucking them at us. Um, and it was thrown it so hard that these things were disintegrating before they got very far. But uh, when it threw it, it looked like a cross between like a pitcher would throw sidearm in major league or a fast pitch softball. It was swinging it underhand kind of sidearm at us. And, and then it would turn around and look for something else. It did this a couple times and then it wandered back into the tree line and then it came back out. This time it was filling its arms even, even more. You could tell that it was just absolute. It was just pissed off. It, it didn't want us there. It, it didn't make its way towards us. But um, it kept throwing some uh, dirt at us. I didn't notice any pungent smell, and it didn't make any sounds like, you know, I've listened to some of the other shows. But it was quite obvious that it was it was aggravated. And by looking at this thing, you could tell it, it looked bad. It wasn't well. I don't know if it wasn't well fed, but one thing that I did notice that I'd had after listening to. Uh, a couple of your shows and reading some of the reports online, one thing that stood out to me was its body. You could see the hair was long, but not long enough to where you couldn't make out muscular definition. You could see the muscles flexing when it would walk, when it would throw its swing, its arm, uh, when it was flailing its arms about. Um, but yeah, again, it, just, it, it looked aggravated. It did not want to see us there at all. So, uh, we, at this point, it was probably around 4.30 or 5. The sun was starting to um, look like it was heading down. So we started, we, we kept moving. And it never did make its, make its way any closer to us. But, again, uh, if you, when I saw it initially, I was confused because I didn't know what I was looking at. But then after a few minutes of watching it flail around, that's when it really kind of, you could feel the fear inside of your building because you're not supposed to be seeing what what I was seeing. You know, you, you hear stories, but it's nothing like it until you can see it in person. And I, I know that I've heard a lot of people say that, but it didn't hit home until I'd actually seen it myself. Now, it didn't go into the woods and drag out any limbs or anything. It was clearly looking for something else to throw. But like I said, when it did throw something, these it was hurling it so hard that these clumps of dirt would just disintegrate in the air before they even hit the ground. And again, it was probably at that point, uh, we did have to head a little bit more towards it as we were leaving. Um, but it was at the closest I got was probably 250, 300 yards. I want to, I want to back up real quick. I want to come back to this because this part is very interesting to me. I've heard this before. Uh, one of the things I want to ask you when you saw the footprints, what was going through your mind? I mean, did it make sense someone was out there without shoes on? No, absolutely not. Not where we were. Now, we we weren't far from the river, and there's a lot of boating that goes on on the, on the river, so it wouldn't have caught me off guard if it wouldn't have been the size that it was. Um, and it looked when the, the toe prints, it didn't have like a thumb off to the side, like you would see with, uh, like what you'd expect to see from a, a chimp or, or a gorilla. It had its toes in the same place that what a human would, but they were spread apart when it was, when it made its print, like the toes, you could tell, um, there, there were, uh, there were five of them, but they were spread apart to that. Like when it stepped into the mud, 
it's almost like the toe spread so that it could get a grip. But I initially, it didn't dawn on me at that time what it was. And I wasn't expecting to turn around and see what it is that I saw because the prints were actually there the day before. I figured whatever it was was long gone. But like I said, we were close to the river, so it wouldn't be maybe a boater who had stopped on the beach went up to, you know, to walk in the, the dirt. But the thing was, is there's no, there's very specific spots where people go to beach their boat and, you know, will party on the beach, so to speak. And we weren't anywhere near. Actually, there was an island across directly across from us. And to go into the river itself was still a good, I know I said we were close, but I think we were probably about a half a mile away. So if somebody were even coming off the river swimming, it would make no sense whatsoever for them to be that far. And, and the footprints, like I said, were leading deeper into where the bottoms would be versus like it was going back towards the river itself. Yeah, and I'm kind of glad you brought that up. You know, that that that's an interesting point that you made right there about the grabbing motion with the toe. I haven't seen that personally, but I, I've talked to a lot of researchers that have seen that type of print, and they have this weird locomotion, and it almost makes you wonder if they're kind of grabbing with their toes as they walk. When you see them walk, uh, it's a very strange walk. It's not like a human-type walk. It's a very odd gate that they have uh so you guys show up you think it's a dog out there until it stands up one thing that you said that i thought was interesting was a mop on the head you know i had mark zasky in town last week and he was telling me about his encounter and that's one of the things that he says right off the bat he said the thing had a mop on its head uh, like a wig almost you know it just had this long long hair and that's interesting that you got a chance to see it what were you thinking at the time when you saw it? I mean, what was the conversation you and your buddy were having when you saw it stand up? Well, I, I couldn't really repeat verbatim what what <laughs> he was saying to me, but um, he was clearly spooked. And I, I, I can't say that I'm the most brave people, uh, you know, brave souls, but I was, at that point, I was more curious than anything. And we had enough distance between us that I thought if I needed to hightail it, uh, I, I could have. I mean, it would, in all honesty, if it would have came towards me, since we were so far out, personally, I probably would have went for a swim. But because we were that, we were somewhat close to the river. I think I could have made it to the river. But when I, when I saw it, you, you'd mentioned the way it walked. Now, when I saw it walking, it it wasn't really upright. It was almost like it was squ it was squatted over, walking. Its knees were bent. Um, I did when it was flailing its arms. It did stand up and stretch itself out, and put its arms almost like it was trying to make itself look bigger. But um, it looked when when they when when it put its arms in the air and was flailing. It, it did look like a crazy homeless bag lady that was trying to shoo you off of her corner or something along those lines. But I didn't, I didn't, it was so close to the tree line when it did walk, it wasn't maybe 12, 13 feet at most, so, but it did, it was always hunched over to a degree when it was moving. And I, I could tell it wasn't somebody in a suit, like I said, because you could see, I know they anymore now that somebody could put, you know, a pad in the suit to make it look similar to what I saw. But where we were at, nobody, the only person that knew we were back there was the owner of the ground, and he was an elderly man. There's no way he could have beat, beaten us back there. Even people listening, I mean, uh, especially those boys out in Kentucky, and I hope they appreciate this comment, you don't go putting on monkey suits and running out there in Kentucky, especially with no. those boys out there in Kentucky, because they'll put a bullet yeah. they'll put a bullet in you, and so that doesn't even make sense. How, how was it proportioned? Um, it was like I said, I was a good distance away. I didn't notice the arms being that much longer than the legs. It, it was well proportioned. It really was. It was. Again, I say it wasn't, I'm right at six foot, and I was willing to bet that it wasn't much taller than myself. Now, it was, it was sturdy. It was stocky around its midsection, but its legs and its arms looked very, very scrawny. Again, it, it really, it looked bad. It looked malnourished, and the way that it held 
held its head. Um, it would always tip its head back, but I never heard it make a sound. Um, and when it would tip its head back, that's, you, that's how I could really tell about what I mentioned about the hair. The hair came down to about its shoulders, um, but it was longer. It looked like looked like it looked like it was wearing a wig. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, and that and that's a, that's an interesting point that you bring up. I, I love the bag lady description. You know, I've had a few people say that. Um, I've had uh, I know our insider said that uh, Bob Garrett has said that. I've had a few witnesses on that said it had what I would describe as a bag lady homeless person moment. I've heard a few witnesses where they say it didn't they didn't hear anything, but they saw it flailing its arms. And then I've had witnesses on. That said, it gibbered. It did a weird gibber, but they were a lot closer than you. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, But you could tell, even being as far as away that I was, you could tell by its body motions. It just gave you the feeling that it was it was aggravated, but something more, almost along the lines like it's. If you were to see a person do this on the street, you would avoid them at all costs because. it wouldn't seem like they were right in the head. This thing had no concept of composure. Like, like if, if you're walking down the street and you get upset, you, you're not going to flow your arms. This, you could tell by looking at it, whatever this was, all it wanted was to just express that it didn't want us there. By the way it moved its eye. And I, I know that's not a very good excuse. I'm just trying to get across the feeling that it gave me. You know, it just, it, it was clear that we weren't wanted um, and its arms, it would, it would, the way it flailed its arms, when it would actually put them down to its side and you just kind of shake its hands, like if you burnt your hand and then you know how you, you would shake your hand real quick, like when you burn it, like when, if you pull it off of a burner, it was kind of doing that. And then it would put its arms out straight out to the side and then just wave them around its head. And then it would put its arms straight up above its head and then just kind of swing them around. It looked like a child throwing a temper tantrum. If that may, I mean, if that makes any sense. But overall, the the feeling out of the body motions that I was getting, yeah, it it, it wasn't a person by any means. Yeah, no, it was throwing a tantrum. It was pissed. Uh, what's interesting too? So you noticed it looking at the ground, and it was grabbing clumps of dirt. I'm assuming because there was no rocks nearby. But the way you you described the way it was throwing them at you. You know, I've had a few witnesses on. I had the guy you and I talked about earlier, Jason. He actually saw it throw rocks at him. And the way he described it is he said it would throw... It wasn't overhanded like you and I would throw a rock. He described it like a monkey or like an ape would throw a rock, kind of side-armed at you. That's that's almost dead on because if you've ever watched a TV show where they have chimps uh, when they're doing a display and they'll pick something up to throw it, it's it's almost like they underhand it, but they they sling it. It's not really. It wasn't throwing it, but it was slinging it. But it was a little bit more accurate than it would be like if you were I was saying because I mean it was throwing it in our direction, but it was slinging from its side so hard that like I said, these clumps of dirt were disintegrating in the air before they could even when they would hit the ground, they'd be in several pieces. And it got nowhere close to us because, like I said, I, I, I think 250, 300 yards is the closest that I got to this thing. But it, it never did follow us. I, I didn't I didn't get the feeling that it was behind us. I didn't get the feeling that we were being ghosted through the woods. But there wasn't, a, there wasn't a heck of a whole lot of cover in the direction that we were heading out. There was more cover behind it. Like if it wanted to escape and go towards the bottoms, there was more cover that way. Um, and like I said, there was a fence on the row of trees where we were on and on the opposite side of the field. I know that there was a start of a fence, but I can't say that it went all the way back to where it was. Cause at first I thought maybe we had maybe cornered it, but it had plenty of, uh, plenty of ways to get away, plenty of ways out. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it just, it didn't, it didn't follow us. Uh, and I'm glad because like I said, I would have taken a swim. I don't blame you, and that's a scary situation to be in, uh, especially when it's pissed like that, you know, kind of that tan- ten- temper tantrum. Uh, and that's what the, one of the things I always say on the show, you know, these things are pretty unpredictable. 
you never know what they're going to do. You know, what set this thing off just because you guys were in the area? Was it territory? Was it, I think what you were seeing was a territory display, but I have heard other people describe what you're describing. And in the same way you're describing it, you know, it's just, it was, it seemed crazy to them. It seemed like this thing was, it was there was something mental, mentally wrong. With exactly. It. it looked like a crazed person would act. I mean, you could tell that, like I said, it, it didn't care about its composure. It was just, it's instinctive. Like if somebody were to flip out, it was just, it seemed instinctive that it was just, it didn't know, I got the feeling it didn't know how to act, or it didn't know what to do. I mean, I could tell we surprised it, but I mean, we were close to it for probably 20 minutes before it stood up. I, I, I couldn't get close enough to see what it was doing. Um, there wasn't any crops at this time, because it was still, I think before they planted, it was early spring, but... Um, but I, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was doing, what it was looking for. But I could honestly tell you that I think it was looking for something to throw at us. Once it noticed us, it was looking around on the ground um, to throw something else at us. And that's interesting too, right there. What you just said uh, to me—that's fascinating. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I think, they think these things walk around with rocks in their hands, which makes no sense to me at all. You know, it seems like they would look around whatever's at nearby at their feet they're going to pick up and throw what happened next so you guys see this thing it comes out did it go back into the tree line and then you guys left or was it still there when it- well when when we were walking out um my the whole time my buddy was telling me he's like man what is it what is it that we've seen and um we were moving pretty good uh i i, I did tell him i'm like let's not try to startle it. Let's almost act like we're ignoring it. So we didn't, we walked very quickly, but we did have to go a little bit further in because, um, he would sometimes bring a metal detector with us. Uh, uh, and we happened to have it that day. So we had to go back and get his equipment. And then as we were leaving, uh, that's when I saw it disappear. So it was out of sight for probably about five, six, seven minutes. And we, had probably covered about a little bit more than halfway to get out to to the way that we came in to get through this fence on this back field. Um, And when it came back out, fell on its arms, my buddy wanted to, at that point, he wanted to uh, take off sprinting. And I said, no, let's, let's not do that. Let's, let's walk out of here. We've got a big enough distance from us. And and that's what I told him exactly what I told you. I'm like, if it gets like, it's going to follow us, we'll make a V line for the river. I mean, because I would—I don't know if it would have jumped in after us, but I, that would have been the only only thing that I could have thought to do because we still had a good mile and a half, two miles to get back to where we were going to get to the road. Um, and we had another reason I wasn't so super scared is because it, we had plenty of open area in between us and that, and then the whole way out, we would have seen it coming from a good distance we would have had a heck of a head start on it um but yeah my uh the guy that was with me he uh he was kind of losing his composure and i'm looking over my shoulder the whole time as we're walking you know kind of walking a little bit sideways so i could keep my eye on it and it was what worried me is it was ducking in and out of cover and i couldn't see it but i could tell that it wasn't getting any closer we were putting distance between us but like i said the field was triangular shaped it was on one side, I was on the other. So in order to get out, we had to get somewhat closer to it, toward the two tree lines, uh, you know, converged there in the middle. And I didn't see it get any closer. I, I, I just got the feeling that it was happy that we were leaving as much as I was to be leaving it, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, I kept as much of a, an eye on it, but we were so far away, I couldn't make out any, like, facial features. Um, it didn't seem to have a long snout. It, it's facing flat from what I could tell. Um, I, I, I really couldn't make too much out of it. Yeah, I would imagine at that distance it would be kind of hard to make things out. I mean, you I, from that distance you could definitely see enough of its body language. You could see enough of its uh, – you know, I think about your encounter, and then I think about um, – the people out there who 
think these are the friendly forest giants. And, you know, walk, walk up to something like that, try and <laughs> pet it on the head and give it an apple. Uh, I guarantee it's going to rip your arm off and beat you with it. You know, in that situation, you know. I got nothing from that encounter that says, hey, why don't you come over here and we'll we'll have a conversation. I, I didn't get that at all. It was clearly, it, it was pissed. That's the best. I mean, it was mad. It didn't know how to take It's like we scared it, which even scared me even more because that's what got me. It's like we startled it. I don't know how, you, I could tell it was an animal versus being a, a person. And I, I, you don't want, I didn't want to spook it. And I feel like we did. So that's the reason why I didn't argue about, you know, saying, Hey, let's get out of here. I, I could have sat there and said, let's see what it's going to do. Cause we're still a good enough distance away. Um, that's why we loaded up and, and got out of there because from its whole, you know, body language, I can't stress that enough. It, 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 it seemed like a crazed individual. But yeah, no, I, I took nothing from that encounter that this was happy to see me or this was uh, in any way, shape or form, a, a polite individual. Yeah, and I think it's strange. You know, sometimes you run into, um, it, gosh, it's so hard because sometimes you run into these things. And I know sometimes they are curious and they do tend to watch people. And there is a lot of encounters where they watch people. And it's something I've, I've asked uh like Bob Garrett about, you know, if there's some that are just mentally deranged, he ran into one. Uh, I have you, I'll send you the link on it, Jason. It's the Lone Star Trail one. And he talks about this female. They almost shot it. And as a side note, I think you're, you, you did the right thing leaving the area because, uh, you don't want to press your luck in a situation like that. You know, even though no. the thing's six foot, six foot five, I can tell you by the strength of these things, you would have been no match for it. And the distance oh, absolutely. The distance you're talking about between you and it, it could have closed that distance pretty quick if it wanted to. That's what I was, that's what I was afraid of. Um, because it was moving quickly for what little motion that I saw. And you got you to gotta also remember, we didn't have any type of binoculars with this because what we were out there looking for is on the ground, under the dirt, on the ground, so I couldn't get a better look at it, and I and I, I didn't. Um, I, he had no desire. The guy that I was with has been hunting Indian artifacts for qu- quite a while. Um, he's found some really good stuff in, out there before, um, in some creek beds and whatnot. Uh, but I think that his artifact hunting has really been limited or diminished since we had this encounter. I can imagine. And we, we told, we told the, we brought it up to the, the farmer, uh, when we saw him next, um, actually I say we, but my buddy is the other one that was friends with him and he brought it up to him and he was telling me that this isn't something that when he brought it up to him, the guy didn't, get the, oh, yeah, no, I've seen that. No, he, he brushed it off. He's like, I've been farming in this, this area for 50-some-odd years, and I've never seen it. He, he shrugged, shrugged it off, thought we were, we were full of it. Asked if we'd been drinking one of those kind of things, which we had not. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I didn't get the feeling that he was, it's something that they had seen before. So, and he hasn't, he hasn't been, we haven't been back to that area and I have no desire to go back out there because even though that I didn't feel super in danger, I, I figured it probably could have closed the gap like what you said. Well, you got to know your audience too. You know, in the area you're describing in there in Kentucky, Indiana, you know, a lot of those little country boys, uh, they want nothing to do with this. Generally speaking, if you bring it up to them. No. They'll tell you they've never seen anything, and you know they're full of it because they have seen. I, I've talked to several of them, and off the record, not publicly, they'll tell you they've seen strange things like that. Publicly, the general answer you'll get from them is, "Well, I have never. I've been here fifty years. I've never seen anything." And you know that full well that guy's probably seen something. And there's just a weird stigma to this subject. It's kind of a shame, really, that there's. Uh, because people do run it, you know, in that situation, imagine if, 
there was a bunch of family out there hiking and they run into this thing. You know, that's how people show up missing. That's how people disappear. You know, what are you going to do when you're five feet from the thing? I realize you're 250 yards, but imagine being five feet from this thing and it's freaking out on you. And it's something you've never seen before. God knows what it's going to do to you. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like you said, you hit that nail on the head because I brought it up maybe once or twice since this happened. It's been almost two years ago to some of my living in the area I do. There's all my friends are hunters, fishers, you know, and they live out in the country. And I brought it up, got ridiculed, laughed at, told I was full of it. And I haven't brought it up since. You know, every now and then my buddies will joke at me, hey, you know, I saw this thing on TV about Bigfoot, and then they'll get a giggle out of it. And then that's, you know, that's, I don't, you know, actively bring it up because of that reason, you know? Yeah, and it's all fun and games until you run into one. Uh, It's like I had a lady on, or I talked to a lady today um, who, I don't know if you've heard the Siege of Hanabi episode or not, Jason, but basically she has the same type of thing going on. They're coming out to her property. They're on her property. They're screaming and yelling at them. They're throwing rocks at the house. They're turning the doorknobs. You had mentioned that. I had actually, when I spoke with you earlier, you mentioned, um, I mentioned something to you, and this will kind of ring a bell. I listened to that exact episode. The, the What would you say at the Siege of Habonia or and correct me if I'm wrong, isn't that where there was a gentleman who had some property and he, they'd actually put sticks out to show where the light sensor, the, the, the dust of dawn lights would come on? Is that the same one? Yeah, that's the same one. Okay. Well, after listening to that, when he described, I know he got a lot closer look than what I did. He described something that I told you earlier. He said they looked bad in the face. And I I don't know how else to put it, but he said one of them looked like it had Down syndrome. Down syndrome, yeah. I got, I, when the one that I saw had its head tilted back and, and carried itself almost in the same way that you would see somebody with Downs carry themselves. I, I got that feeling off of it. And it's just, it's just awkward that. I had said that earlier, and then I listened to that sh- that show, and he described it, and I was I was jumping up and down. I'm like, I know exactly what he's talking about, but I couldn't I couldn't imagine being in the encounter like what that described. But I, I got like I said, I got the feeling that if I would have gotten closer to it, I would have been in that situation. But and I interrupted you. You were talking about the lady that was that was having some issues just like that. No, 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 you're okay. What I, what I was saying is she's having, I'm trying to get her to come on the show. Uh, she's describing to a T people in those situations. She's describing to a T. And I let her talk for about 40 minutes before I said anything. At the end of it, I said, hey, I believe you. I, I think everything that you're saying is true. I've heard it a million times. And it's, it's a shame because what you ran into uh, out there in that situation uh, Jason, you know, like I said, God forbid a family cross that thing, cross paths with that thing. God forbid uh, a lone hiker cross paths with that thing. And they're not 250 yards away. They're 10 yards away or five yards away. It's going to be a different story with these things. Imagine how pissed off it'd be if you're five yards away from it. You know, these things have the ability to rip you from limb to limb. And there's not a damn thing you could do about it. You know, and so... Uh, I'm really glad that you came forward with the encounter. I'm really glad that you shared the encounter. Uh, it's interesting. The first guy I had on that said it flailed, flailed its arms like a homeless person. It acted like a crazy bag lady. It, it was just a crazy person. I had about six or seven people email me and go, that's what I saw. That's exactly what I saw. It acted like, and I didn't want to come forward and say it because I didn't want people to think I was crazy. But that's exactly what I saw. I saw it was acting like a crazy person. It was throwing a tantrum like a little child would throw a tantrum, you know? And so I believe you, I think what you ran into, I think in your situation, it was more of a territorial frustration. It didn't want you guys there. It was pissed off, but it didn't really have the nuts to come face you face to face. Instead, it wanted to throw dirt. Uh, It wanted to pick up whatever it could and throw it at you, you know, like any other primate. 
You look at any other primate on the planet, and to the T, that is a type of behavior when it comes to territory. Uh, if you're in their territory, that is their way of trying to show you they're big and bad, and they're going to pick stuff up and throw it. They're going to pace back and forth. They're going to... With these things, though, it's very unique. The flailing of the arms, the homeless bag lady look, it's unique, but it's not the first time I've heard it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Now, picture another thing that it did, you mentioned giving a display like an animal or, or an ape. Um, it did something similar. Okay, uh, picture, have you ever seen how a gorilla will kind of stand up, arch its back, and then it'll pound on its chest? It yeah. did that exactly without pounding on its chest. It stood up, it arched, it's it puffed its chest out and arched its back while it had its arms out to the side. It, it, I mean, it was like I said earlier; it was swelling up. It, it was it looked like it was trying to make itself much bigger than what it was. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's interesting, you know. I, I was, uh, and I hate to compare it to this, but you know, I was a bouncer for a long time in Vegas, and I used to see guys do that. You know, when they were trying to prove how big and bad they were, they'd puff their chest out. They'd walk around like a bunch of monkeys and act like they wanted to fight. And what's interesting is, is I tell you that to tell you this, uh, in a lot of Sasquatch encounters, you'll find that with, with a lot of males. They'll puff their chest out. They'll kind of strut around like they run the show there. Uh, and it kind of sounds like that's what you ran into. It, it sounds precisely about what, what uh, I ran into, but... Again, overall, if you're going to take anything from this, it really was the feeling that I got and and it's body um, body motion, it's it's body language. It it seemed crazed. It, you know, you really kind of nailed it with that because I, I kind of got that feeling that I had a hard time articulating it. It looked like a crazy person. It doesn't look like it didn't carry itself and it didn't act like somebody who had grown up in a civilized, you know, environment. It, it did. It looked crazed. It looked, it looked, it looked mad. It just looked mad. So after this encounter, is that when you started really researching this, when you started looking into it? Well, growing up, you know, I always would watch the unsolved mysteries and stuff, but I didn't really put too much into it until a couple of years ago after this happened. That's when I really started going in and, you know, doing research and uh, I watched anything that I could on it just to try to see anything, just to kind of justify what I saw. It, it, does that make sense? I'm just trying to explain, to, you know, um, that's what I was looking around. That's when I found your guys' show. Um, I, I was looking on YouTube and there was a, one of your guys' show came up. So that's when I, I went through and watched a few of the or listened to a few of the other episodes, and I heard the about, uh, was it you and your brother, is that correct, that had an encounter Yeah. several years ago? Um, and then after listening to some others, it started making sense. It started sounding like the same thing that I, I had run into. But again, I, I, I never, I was so far away, I didn't get any of the, like I said, the pungent smell, not that I would have, and I didn't hear it make a single sound. Not to say that it wasn't, but it, it matched a bit of what I've heard, but I had never heard the a description of like what I saw with it being as sickly looking and with the long hair on the top of its head. Like I said, the hair on its body, the rest of its body, wasn't much more than you know, what you would have on your, on the, you know, the hair on your head. It wasn't very long. Like I said, I can make out, uh, some definition. And it almost looked as if there were some patches of hair missing. Um, but I was just really trying to justify what, it, what you know, understand what it was that I saw. Cause like I said, it didn't match everything perfectly, but it, it did. There's a lot of other things that matched to what I had heard, or research previously. It was me wanting to, I guess, tell myself that what I saw, I wasn't, I wasn't crazy, which I knew I wasn't because I mean, I wasn't the only one there. If I was there by myself, then I could have second guessed it, but I'm not on any type of medication. I don't drink. 
So, I mean, I, you know, it's just, I was just trying to justify what it was that I saw. Yeah. Well, I can tell you you're not crazy. Uh, I believe you. I think it's, uh, you're describing to a T what I've heard before in the past. You know, sometimes with the smaller ones, I get more an aggre- more of an aggressive type. I mean, you mentioned a lot of things in your encounter. I hope people soak up when they listen uh, about the not eating well, uh, missing hair, the mop on its head. Um, I've heard that before. You know, I've heard definitely heard that before. Um, I've had witnesses on that have seen these creatures who you know, we're six, seven feet tall. And the first thing they said to me was, it didn't look like it was eating well. It didn't look like it was doing well at all. But what you're describing is to a T what other people are describing. So you're definitely not crazy. That's for sure. You're definitely not crazy. These things are out there. People need to know these things are out there. And I hope they heed some of the warning. You know, you're not going to walk up, give them an apple and pet them on the head as they eat an apple from your hand. It's not reality with these things. These things, generally speaking, want nothing to do with you. You might run into some that are curious, but generally speaking, these things really want nothing to do with you. Um, And I think you found that out with, with your encounter. I'm glad you got a chance to see it though. You know, in the daytime at a distance. And I, I realize you think that distance was a safe distance, but uh, believe me when I say this, they can close that distance between you and them at 250 yards in a matter of moments. They'd be on top of you if they wanted it. I think what you ran into is more of a more or less just a territorial type display of go away. I want nothing to do with you. Go away. It's a fascinating encounter, though. It really is a fascinating encounter. And I can't thank you enough for coming on the air and sharing it with us. Hey, no problem. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me. and. Uh... You know, I wish I, I wish I had more, you know, for you. But that's unfortunately, I, like I said, I, no way, shape, or form wanted to stick around to uh, have a meet and greet with it. So, I don't blame you one bit. Well, Jason, thank you for being here. No problem. And that's it for tonight, everyone. Remember, if you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, shoot me an email, Wes at SasquatchChronicles dot com. And if you get a chance, check out the website, SasquatchChronicles.com. In the subscriber section is all the videos we shot last week. I hope everyone out there enjoyed it. And for subscribers, I will be back on Wednesday. I got a show I'm planning for you guys on Wednesday night, as well as Friday night this coming week. So I got a lot of shows planned. Uh, everyone else out there listening, thank you for listening. I will see you back on Sunday. Have a great night, everyone.
Run into Old Navy Saturday and Sunday for 50% off all Old Navy active styles for adults and kids. They're all 50% off. But hurry, it's Saturday and Sunday only at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 215 to 216 excludes in-store clearance and baby.